the splendor of a king clothed in majesty let all the earth rejoice all the earth rejoice he wraps himself in light and darkness tries to hide it trembles at his his voice trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing to me how great is our God. And oh, sing how great, how great is our God. Sing that chorus again with me. Welcome to the first service at Preston Crest. I'm Randy Tucker, one of the elders. We're grateful for your participation this morning, those of you who are in present and those who are streaming our service today. Please take this time now to check in at the number on your screen so we'll have a record of your attendance and you'll have access to our bulletin. And I'd also remind you to look for the purpose cards about our good works plan for 2023 as you make your financial commitment to the Lord there and you can do that through the digital link on our website or the QR code in the bulletin there's two separate it's a two-step process but it's pretty straightforward to uh, put that in and we appreciate that as we do our planning for 2023 from a financial perspective as we're called to worship this morning, our scripture is from Psalms 147, 1 through 5. Praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises to our God, how pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem, he gathers the exiles of Israel, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, he determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we declare your majesty, glory, and power. We acknowledge you as the true and only God, the creator of heavens and earth, our champion, defender, and the great healer. Father, thank you for meeting our needs. Help us to be grateful. Help us to be content. May we show hospitality and kindness to all, Father. Help us to always have attitudes and lives of welcome. Help us to look for those that have needs. May we seek out those that are widowed, those that are fatherless, those that are dealing with loneliness, Father, and provide comfort. Father, we know we fall short daily in our lives as we strive to live holy and upright. 
And we ask that you forgive our sins, Father, and help us to forgive as you have forgiven us. May we be at peace with all men and shine the light of your Son in our lives. And we pray this in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Thanks, Randy. Oh, Lord, my God, when I awesome wonder, consider all the worlds I hands have made, I see the
Through this time of communion, we're going to sing one more song, and then Carl Gescheidel is going to come and lead us this morning around the bread and cup. Morning, church. As I was, uh, as I came in this morning, I had, of course, some remarks that I'd thought about over the last week um, and had prepared. Um, this morning's songs actually made me rethink what I was going to say, and I appreciate that because it's amazing the way the Spirit can move us at times. This week in particular, um, for my family and I, has been pretty trying for some reasons I'm not going to go into here. It's, it, it's affecting my family. There's things external to us that are going on that, I, that we all go through. I'm not trying to say that I'm unique in this. Um, but those daily life items affect us all. And so when we come together for the Lord's Supper, it's really a time that I appreciate and, and enjoy because it's a time that we get to uh, reflect and renew our spirits in Christ 
because that's really where our strength and our energy comes from. So this morning, let's make sure that we focus on the things that are really important in life. And for all the other things um, that go on while they affect us in the flesh, they, they rarely have impacts on where we should be anyway spiritually. So let's make sure to reflect on that as we, uh, as we partake this morning. From Mark 14, 1422, excuse me. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning to partake of the bread, please um, guide us in our thoughts and actions. Um, let us remember your, your son that you sent, whose body was broken for us. Let this morning's actions refresh and renew us in all that we do each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. from Mark 14, 23 to 25. Uh, I got to use my glasses, forgot, put them away. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, as we come before you again to take the cup, let us remember that it is your blood that washes us anew, and that through that, we are purified and are able to come to you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
Good to see you guys here on this cool morning. Uh, if you're a guest, we're so glad that you're here. would just say, this is a great place to belong, to find a family, and we hope that you feel at home here with us. And after service, after this service, you'll find one of our Bible classes to go be a part of and hopefully stick around so we can get to know you a little bit. If you want to give this morning to our members, if you want to give, you can do that. You know the usual sus suspects through church teams, online. You can drop a contribution in the box out in the foyer. So many ministries, some of their, uh, them are up front, are very public, are very seen. Some are less seen. We're going to watch a video here in a moment about our baptistry video. And I don't know about you, but I want to see, I want to see us put some miles on this baptistry this year. I want to see us uh, give that ministry a workout with so many people coming to the Lord, giving their lives to Christ. Let's pray together right now. Lord, that is our desire to see your name made great to see the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ expand, to see more people experience your love and the hope and purpose that we have as we come into salvation in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your grace. We pray your blessing on this ministry that, that maintains the baptistry and the towels and all those garments and everything. And we pray for more and more people to come and, and find Jesus here at this church. Uh, we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church. My name is Brian Kraft, and I'm a deacon, and I lead the baptistry ministry here at Preston Crest. In Mark 16, 16, Jesus exclaims that, 
Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. These eight simple words provide a roadmap on how to eternally walk with Jesus. I believe our baptistry team models this directive from Christ. The words spoken in Mark 16, 16 provide continued motivation for my fellow team members as we perform our duties throughout the year. The work provided by our team includes assisting our new brothers and sisters in Christ during the actual act of baptism, ensuring that they have their first Bible, and coordinating their first communion with the leadership of this church. Your support provides our team with the ability to maintain and upgrade our various needs throughout the year. Thank you, Preston Crest, for your generosity. Love seeing all the faces of the dads after they baptize their kids. Love that. Hey, we got Fajita Fundraising Sunday coming up next week. So uh, make plans to stay around, stick around and have some lunch with us. Uh, if you're not able to stick around and have lunch, I think you can, there, the option is to, it's on the drop-down menu for online giving. You can actually uh, donate money even if you're not able to eat lunch. So please take advantage of that. But please make plans to, to stick around and have lunch with us next Sunday. This money is going to help fund our youth mission trip this year. So, uh, man, that'll help really help us out. Also, tomorrow is the deadline for the prison ministry trip. That's coming up March 5th. If you would like to get on the list, the approved list, it's a little bit of a process to do that. That's why tomorrow's the deadline to get that done. But if, uh, Clay, are you here? Where are you at? Where's Clay? There he is. Clay Short can get you connected with that. If you're interested in helping out with the prison ministry, that trip is going to be happening March 5th. Clay will get you connected. So thanks so much, Clay. Church, let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church. And I got a new song to sing. I don't know if y'all know this one or not. We'll, uh, we'll try to, to fight through this one. Let's sing, church. There is beyond the answer to a God can sin from human
seated, please. That may be the only song that I remember the page number of that song, right? 728B. And I don't know what happened with that song, why they ended up having to call it B and, sti- and like pasting it in the back of the songbook like they forgot when they were publishing it. You know, we forgot that song I'd put in there. But uh, that's a good one. That's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, hey, by the way, I'm not going to give a full like announcement, but I, would, I just want to let you guys know the camp out is, is, a, is coming up. Oh, we have a slide I think in a minute. Uh, let's go on to the camp out slide, right? Uh, that's going to be in April the 21st to the 23rd. Is that correct? I think that's correct. And it apparently is just a lot. There it is. It's just a lot of fun, and I've heard a rumor of t-shirts for the first people that sign up. I know, I know this, there are limited spots, uh, so we'll hear more about that next week, but the campout, the Preston Crest family campout. Uh, so wisdom is what we are after. We've been talking about that during this series. We know this is something the Lord wants for us. In the book of James, we're told that if we ask for it, he's going to give it to us. Uh, there are many things we ask for that we don't Maybe it's not the best thing for us. Uh, maybe it's not what we need in that particular moment. But, but James says, if you pray for wisdom, you're going to receive that. God wants us to be wise. And so this morning, we want to desire wisdom, pursue wisdom. It's not just a side thing here. We want it in all of our decisions, in all areas of our lives. As the Proverbs say, Proverbs 4, verse 8, if you prize wisdom, if you, if you want it, if you're chasing after it, that's what we do with prizes. We chase after we make a sacrifice, uh, we get up early to, to run the time a little faster, swim the lap, lap a little bit faster. If you prize wisdom, she will what? Make you great, embrace her, and she will honor you. Would you read that with me? If you prize wisdom, she will make you great, embrace her, and she will honor you. So let's pursue, let's cultivate. Let's run after. Uh, And so desire to be wise. That's kind of the idea today. And the promise of this proverb is that you will be rewarded for that pursuit. So make it a priority all the days of your life. Desire it, seek it, cultivate it. And before we go any further, I was thinking this week, we've done a whole series on wisdom, and we haven't really talked about, I guess you could call it the elephant in the room. So we're going to talk about the elephant whose name is Solomon. Have you heard of Solomon, King Solomon, son of David? Uh, maybe you have heard uh, that he is the wisest individual, at least in the Old Testament times, to have ever lived. Did you hear that? Uh, did you read that in your Bible? Solomon is the wisest person to have ever lived. The Bible say, it says something like that. And so we're going to talk about Solomon just a minute, kind of footnote this morning as we begin, because I remember hearing that as I was growing up. Wisdom. Solomon is like the Old Testament poster child for wisdom. The elephant, the, the, the thing that even the casual in the room, the, 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 the thing that even the casual Bible student is going to notice as they begin to read about Solomon is that he, to put it mildly, made some foolish choices. There were some areas of his life where wisdom was visibly absent. So what's the deal? Was he or was he not wise? Is the Bible contradicting itself? Wisest guy ever, but look at this, not so wise. Like, for example, we could could do a lot of examples, right? But one example, Solomon had 700 wives. Anybody think that's wise? (laughs) 
Oh yeah, brilliant, brilliant move. Not only would we say, I think on just face value, not a wise choice, um, disobedient to God. Disobedient to God. Scripture said way before Solomon came along, look, if you have a king, watch out. That king is going to want to marry a bunch of wives. That's wrong, okay? So we go back. Before Solomon, Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 17. And the king, this is who we're talking about in this text, uh, and the king, he shall, what? Not acquire many wives. I would say 700 qualifies as many wives. He shall not acquire many wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall he acquire for himself excessive silver and gold. So loads of wives, bad idea, and unscriptural, unbiblical, against uh, the, the command of God. And then the Bible, when it actually sums up Solomon's life, it does not say, wow, imitate this guy in all aspects. No, what the Bible says in 1 Kings 11, he had 700 wives who were princesses, 300 concubines. His wives turned away his heart. When Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. So, yeah, what's going on here? Because we know he was wise. Uh, we know he had, in many respects, unparalleled wisdom. Um, but the Bible says he had flaws, massive flaws. Uh, so what gives here? Well, the scripture, if we pay attention, the Bible provides so much insight if we will actually listen to what it says and watch for the details. So I would just ask you, as we read Solomon's prayer for wisdom and God's answer to that prayer, let's pay attention to the details. Second Chronicles verse 10, so he is going to ask God for wisdom, which pleased God. He says, give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people. For who can govern this people of yours? So his prayer there is, is give me wisdom to govern these people, to be wise when I come out and, and, and come in before these people. And then I like the way the New Living translates that. It says, give me wisdom and knowledge to lead them properly. I want to be a good king. I want to be a good head of state, okay? So he prayed for wisdom, but if you pay attention, he is praying for what? A specific kind of wisdom. And while, yes, he had wisdom in many other areas, his ask was help me have uh, political wisdom, leadership acumen, because I know the health of this nation depends on how I do as a leader, and so he asks for that, and the Bible records that. Um, now, God was pleased by it. Uh, God granted him wisdom. Uh, never says he, he received unparalleled, I mean, unlimited wisdom, like that there was no limits to his wisdom, and then we're told God was pleased, and he blessed him with other, other things as well. Well, here's God. So God is now speaking. God is replying to this ask from Solomon. Again, let's pay attention. He says, 2 Chronicles 1, 11 and 12. He says, Solomon, <clears throat> you have not asked for, let's say the stuff many other people ask for, you have not asked for the things a lot of us ask for, possessions and wealth and honor uh, or, or, or life of those who hate, uh, hate you. You know, God, take out my enemies. You have not even asked for long life. But you have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may govern my people. You've asked for this particular kind of wisdom, a governance wisdom. 
so that you may govern the people over whom I've made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. I will also, so beyond that wisdom to govern, I will also give you riches, possessions, honor, such as none of the kings who were before you and none after you shall have the like. So that is a direct reply from God. Solomon asks for this wisdom to lead. God grants him this wisdom to lead and some extra uh, beyond that. So he has this remarkable wisdom. Uh, Israel, by the way, under his leadership, we can see the manifestations of the answer of this prayer. I mean, clearly it was answered because under Solomon, Israel grew to its greatest size. It had never been and would never be as large as it was under the reign of Solomon. It grew to its greatest economic power under the rule of Solomon. It had never been, would never be as wealthy as it was under the leadership of Solomon. He was uniquely adept at leading the nation, Um, but at the same time, We can see through the biblical record, he did not always deploy his God-given wisdom in every area of life. So he was wise in many respects. We have much to learn from Solomon and from his writings. But we are followers not of Solomon, but of the Savior. We put Jesus in the highest place, for we saw last week, he is the wisdom of God. Uh, We put him in first place, not an ancient king of Israel. But Solomon is, I think, a good example of what... this phrase that's been uh, coined, competency extrapolation. The two people I have told this phrase to or talked about this phrase with before, loved it, wrote it down. You get to hear about it today. I didn't come up with it. John Dixon wrote a few years back a book called Humilitas, and he talks about competency extrapolation. I will tell you what that means, but first a story that shows you what that means. Um, there There was an airplane flying at altitude, both engines failed, uh, could not be restarted. It was an emergency situation. That plane was going down. And the pilot came out of the cockpit to those, those three passengers that were on the plane, only three passengers. And the pilot came out of the cockpit carrying three parachutes, four people, three parachutes, bit of a problem. The pilot said, so I have three parachutes. Obviously, I'm taking a parachute. These are my parachutes, and this is my airplane. One of those is for me, and they all kind of agreed. He strapped on a parachute. He jumped out and deployed and was, was safe. Um, but then that left the other three, uh, a scientist, a rocket scientist, a preacher, and a backpacker. The rocket scientist said, I have so much to offer humanity. I already have. I have more to offer humanity in terms of, of the intellect that God has given me. I, I think I deserve one of the parachutes. The other two agreed. He put on one of the parachutes and and jumped out of the plane. Uh, Then the preacher looked at the backpacker and said to her, you know what? I have lived a a long and full life. I I think I'm toward the end of of my ministry, of my service. You are young. You have your whole life in front of you. You take the last parachute. And she looked at him and said, no, we're all good. The rocket scientist just jumped out of the plane with my backpack on. So we've got two parachutes left for us. Um, Just because you are a rocket scientist in one area of life doesn't mean that applies to all other areas. But we see this. You know these people. They are great at 
accounting. They are great at running a business or throwing a football or, or, or operating in an operating room, but they're not great at other things. The problem is we believe sometimes that since we are so good and so competent and so expert in one area that it applies to other areas as well. That is competency extrapolation that is not wise. So here's the definition up on the screen. Expertise in one area of knowledge does not guarantee common sense in another area. We all know folks like this. Now Solomon, back to Solomon, he had wisdom in one area, more than one area, but he had wisdom that was very much uh, dedicated to leading the country. It didn't guarantee that he would deploy that same wisdom in other areas of his life. Now, we saw last week in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of of us, the wisdom of men. And so we look to Jesus, who was God and man. He was the one and only God man, the incarnation of the Almighty. He is the one that we follow without reservation. He is the wisdom teacher that we soak it all in without filter. We want to be like Jesus. We are Christians. We are disciples of Jesus. So this idea of competency extrapolation is it's just a good warning to us that on our wisdom journey, on this pursuit of understanding and discernment, humility is a requirement. We need to know what we don't know and not be blind to that. Not pretend that just because we know how to change a tire or pull a tooth or whatever it is you're really good at, uh, know that you aren't necessarily good at some other things. And we all know examples of this. We all know the pro athlete, you know, who is is incredible, has understanding and knowledge and incredible expertise at, at striking a golf ball, at, at putting it in that hole, at, but not so good at, lead, at, at their marriage. Or a football player who's incredible at throwing the football, touchdown pass, touchdown pass, but not so good in, in the home. We, we all know examples of that. We know the politician who is, like Solomon, a gifted leader, who the nation flourishes under this or that politician. Politician. I mean, you could name a lot of them. I'm not thinking of one in particular. But when it comes to managing their personal life, eh, not so wise. Not so good. Um, it's not enough to have knowledge. It's not enough. If it were, our world would be great. I mean, look at us. Through the power of the internet, the, the information superhighway, we have access to knowledge unparalleled in human history. This should be a paradise right now. If knowledge were enough. But of course, knowledge isn't enough. Wisdom marries knowledge of what is true and right with understanding of how to apply that truth to this or that particular situation. Right? Um, like, knowledge is, knowing, <clears throat> knowledge is knowing how to use a gun. Wisdom is knowing when to keep the gun holstered, right? Um, knowledge is, is understanding uh, applied to a particular situation, that, and it becomes wisdom there. Knowledge, like if you are a wise husband, uh, you know that when your wife says, what? 
It's not that she wants you to repeat what you said because she didn't hear it. It's that you need to rethink what you said, all right? That's wisdom, okay? Um, now, before we dial in, in Jesus, I, on Jesus this morning, I just want to talk about a few ways that wisdom shows itself, that it, it shows out. A few ways that we see wisdom, and this comes from that book by Brett McCracken. I've quoted a lot in this series, The Wisdom Pyramid. He says there are three ways. One of them is it's going to show itself, itself as discernment in a too much world. We live in a too much world world. Um, Quoting someone else here, I got a philosopher, Joseph Piper, who said this. I think it's great. He said, the average person of our time loses the ability to see because there is too much to see. There is information overload, sensory overload. There's so much input, we become numb. Some people call this a digital coma, right? You've got so much information that you're seeing every day, you lose the ability to to process it. And so we have become a people who skim. We skim the news feed. We skim the social media feed. We skim articles, stories, and even books. We don't, I don't know what the right word would be here. I just put abide. We don't abide. We don't breathe. We don't downshift. Uh, We skip like stones across the information highway uh, instead of going deep. The wise person today, though, is going to spend less time thumbing through internet feeds and more time thumbing through the pages of their well-worn Bible. They're going to go a little bit slower. Um, So, it's, it's, it's being, um, wisdom is being discerning in a too much world. The other way it shows itself is uh, it is like patience in a too fast world. We live in a fast-paced world. Ours is a world where we want what we want and we want it now. I mean, we want it quickly. Um, but here's the thing. Wisdom and speed, velocity, they don't normally travel together. Uh, They aren't normally companions on the journey of life. Uh, Rather than just piling up as much information and as quickly as possible uh, and as many activities and experiences as possible, wisdom, it it downshifts. Wisdom uh, downshifts. It slows down. Hurry and hoarding are replaced by reflection and, and, and relishing. Okay, finally, here's what it looks like. Humility, uh, wisdom looks like humility in a too-focused-on-me world. Uh, because of our unprecedented access to information, many people see themselves as experts on virtually any subject. It's interesting. Think competency extrapolation. Look, I read this article the other day. I saw this on Facebook the other day. Therefore, let me make my pronouncements. Uh, A wise person listens. A wise person listens so that they can check their self-interest, so that they can check their self-jaded perspective. They listen to the Bible scholar They don't go into the doctor's office and say, here's the medicine you need to prescribe to me. They listen to what the doctor, with her expertise, what she is going to see and prescribe to them. 
The wise person listens to the waiter at the restaurant. The wise person pays attention, is always listening because they realize, I'm not an expert on most things. So listen. Put a circle around that. That is a word to the wise. Listen. When Jesus was asked for his opinion, what is the most important thing in all of Scripture, the most important commandment? He did not hesitate. You might remember his answer a couple of places. One of us, Matthew 22, he said, love God. He said, love God. The most important, love God. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, your understanding. And one of the, one of the key ways that we show love or we see that Jesus showed love is he listened to God. How do you know he listened to God? Well, I know Mark says he was always going away to deserted places to spend time with God. He was getting away so he could commune with God, so he could listen. I know he listened because Jesus was always quoting Scripture. He listened to the Word of God. So he was able to quote Scripture in all of these different situations. He paid attention to what the Father said. And then Jesus went on, of course. He didn't just stop there. He could have stopped there. You wanted the number one commandment. There it is. But he said, no, I got, I got some else. Uh, you need to love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, Jesus said, all of the law, the Bible, it hinges on those two commandments. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you think, do you actually think that you can love your neighbor without stopping and listening to your neighbor? I would say listening is a precondition. We need to listen to our neighbor, hear their story Listen to what is on their heart. Be James, the brother of Jesus said, James 1.19, be slow to, anybody remember? Be slow to speak. Be quick to listen. That is love right there. Be slow to speak, to tweet, to post, to pronounce, and be quick to listen. Not only will we show love and respect for another person with whom we might very well disagree, not only will we show them love by listening to them, we might actually learn something from them. Um, so, we want to pursue wisdom, cultivate wisdom, starting with, foundationally, Jesus Christ, wisdom from God, the Holy Scriptures, and then, yes, we want to be able to discern and filter and learn from other sources of wisdom that God has built into our world as well. God, help us with this journey that is, according to your word, promised with great reward on the other end. Let's bow our heads and let's pray as we finish out our time in God's word today. Lord God, we acknowledge you as the source, the source of knowledge the source of wisdom. This is your world. Draw us close to you so that we can learn from you. Your word promises us, God, that if we prize wisdom, if we esteem it, if we embrace it, then we will flourish in life. Give us that thirst for wisdom, that desire to be wise, not just in one or two areas, not just so we can make a few bucks or be good at our career or pastime or whatever. Give us a comprehensive wisdom so that we can ultimately be like Jesus and so that we can prosper 
in our relationship with you, Father, and in our relationships with those you have placed around us. Help us to be a church that loves you with all that we are, our souls, our hearts, our minds. Help us to be a community of believers who love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We ask this in your name, Jesus. You are our Savior. We pray this. Amen. This morning, if you want to know about being a part of this church, we would love to help you with that. We've got, uh, we've got, uh, to, we got PC 101 coming up next month. Uh, we've got uh, other ways that you can become a member here. We would love to talk with you about that because we would like to, to learn from you and journey with you here in your spiritual walk. Maybe this morning you want to be baptized into Christ and confess him as your Lord and Savior. You can do that today. Maybe you just need prayers. However you need to respond, let's stand together and worship the name of our God. Holy Lord, most holy Lord, you Thank you for the continuing series on walking in wisdom. We'd like to invite everyone back tonight at 6 o'clock as Jacob Hawk continues our series, Picture This. Uh, Austin Pruitt will be our worship leader tonight. Looking forward to that. Uh, as uh, we're focusing this year on evangelism and outreach in the community, each month we have a scripture to uh, use in our daily day conversations. Uh, today, Holden Hughes is going to read that scripture for us. Uh, Holden. Good morning. My name is Holden Hughes, and I would like to, for you to please join me in reading our take-home scripture from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Thank you. Thanks, Holden. 